Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy sports and Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. That's that's really having my back, dude. That's all right. Oh no, no, no. I heard you say, I heard you say, oh my god, when I did that. So I was going to give you a, a grandiose entrance, a real grandiose entrance, but no, somebody got to be, oh god. Hey man, that's it's it? on you. I'm, 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 you know, you know, you, you, you mentioned something last the last time we talked to each other uh, on on a, um that I was um more than um, active in the uh, um uh, voice department to say so, so last time we got on the show so you know this is your show I'm gonna let you run it the way you are and I'm not going to interrupt you and try to overspeak you. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to do it anyway. You're gonna, don't, don't even try to lie to the people. You do it anyway. Just like last week when I said something you didn't like, you're like, I can mute you. I will mute you, but I'm not going to do that. And then you went to Jeff, didn't you tell me nothing. I'm like, what is he doing? You know, he, he, he just, he thinks he's running everything. Hey, hey, hey I got to ask you a question. What's up? When, when did that happen? Oh, that was um, that when, was when, when I was that... talking about when I was talking about your favorite team, what and you're like, oh, you got to go back, yo. Well, everything goes back to the to the Wait a Wait a Okay, I got a question for you. When did that happen? Saturday. Last Saturday, right? Yes. Okay. Then this is. That was that was what the uh, oh, last Saturday. Last Saturday was the first of July, the first uh, um, day of the month. And today is. You going to want me to tell you that, or do, do are you going to tell me yourself? Today is the seventh is, is the eighth day of July, a week later. So today's a, a, a new day, a new week, and last week is last week. Can't change it. Move on. Move oh, forward. Let's goodness. move. 
You are terrible. You know that? You are just, just so But ladies I, and gentlemen. I, I speak true facts. No alternate facts here. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yes, there are always alternate facts for Jerry Taylor. But we're not here to discuss his bizarre behavior and his senility. You know, we're not going to talk about that today. At least I hope not. But what we are going to talk about is uh, the NFL. We have the AFC East. We're also going to discuss, um, I don't want to even say the NBA because it's really about Alonzo Ball. And I'm believe it or not, I have not one bad thing to say about Alonzo Ball's performance. Not one. A lot of people out there in, you know, sports analysis or commentary or, or Twitterverse or Facebook, they have plenty to say about his performance that is negative. I don't have not one. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about what happened with Pac-Man. Was he robbed? Was he robbed of, you know, his title? And is this the end for the pack? That, the AFC East, and uh, that'll be our show for today. I want to let everybody know, um, we are gearing up for the NFL season. So what you're going to hear is a bunch of, you know, prognostication, a lot of bravado, things of that nature. If you're new to our show, it's okay. You'll probably enjoy it. Jerry and I go back and forth like we are brothers. He's like 20 years older than me. You know, I don't know if he's a little crippled and and blind. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you, I you're him. not. You are not going to pull me into that this week. <laughs> yes, I am. You know I am. You know I am. And I'm just getting started. I know I'm, you are. This is what we do. <laughs> I'm just getting started. So let's talk about it, okay? Let's jump right into it. Uh, let's go to Alonzo Ball and uh, oh, God. his performance. Now, God. Fox, Fox, the guy that apparently in college, uh, well, not apparently, it's factual, uh, in college, played for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a pretty good game in Sacramento. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in, in in the summer league, it's the first summer league game uh, of the of the season for rookies and some vets as well. Um, talk to me, JT. Fox had a good game, mainly because he had to, because Sacramento has nobody other than Buddy Heed, Hill, and uh, Alonzo went two for fifteen with one spectacular uh, assist to start the game and then a, a bunch of misses. Your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts is just this. I can't, you can't express, oh, you can't even describe how big the target is on this kid's back. I mean, Thanks for I mean, daddy. A, yep. Anybody and everybody, especially the rookies coming in there are going to try to, um, exploit the weaknesses of this kid, and then as this guy did when he pulled a move, nice spin spin move on this kid, um, and jammed it. I think his, I think he jammed it if I'm not mistaken. 
taunted him down the court, talking a lot of garbage going down the court after he did that. He this is this is just the beginning. Are kidding? You kidding? I hope this kid's got a strong constitution because he's going to have to. He's going to have to because he's going to get he's going to get used and abused as early and often as much as possible. And if he doesn't have a strong constitution, which I think he does, but you will we'll have to see. Um, he's going to get um, like I said, used and abused, and then let it be known right to his face that he got used and abused. So he better shore up his defense because uh, this ain't Kyle's anymore. This is with the big boys now. And the big boys are going to make mincemeat of you if you let them. Well, here's what I'll tell you, um, my thoughts on that. Um, The guy made one good play on him. That's fine. No one said that he's a defensive stalwart. Talking about Alonzo Ball. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the first time, I actually heard him give a full interview by himself, and he sounded um, very humble. He said he he was relieved to uh, have the first game out, and I can't do anything but go uh, up from here, which is true. And people want to, you know, put a target on his back, that's fine. His dad did it, actually, but people want to shoot at that target. You know, that's fine. It's it's part of the game. He's your number two overall pick. So even if you wasn't, you know, uh, Mr. Ball's son, being the number two pick overall puts a target on your back. Um, I will tell you this, though. Um, I saw flashes of things that could happen in a year or two with his talent. Um, I saw him follow up after he tried to get an assist. He followed up a missed layup, and he, and he dunked it because he wasn't standing around like everybody else was. So his hustle's there. Um, also, he has the perfect coach for him. Walton, who else has an eccentric father <laughs> that yeah, right about calls that. a lot of junk and talks a lot of junk, but has right. a platform every weekend? So he has a similar situation. He can talk to Alonzo be like, look, Dad, I mean, look, my dad's just as wild as your dad, except your dad, he's, he's just hyped with it. My dad's a little older. Bill Walton, you know, you, you can say whatever you want. That dude is wild. Luke had to deal with that. Now, Luke didn't have the talent that, you know, Alonzo had, but he had the determination and he had the genetics of, uh, and the education basketball education of his father. So he can spot talent. He can hone it. And this is going to be something different for him. But if Alonzo Ball has problems with this game, which he will, remember, he's still a team, and there's a huge amount of pressure on him. Huge. Think about this. His brother, his, his, his middle brother, is like a power forward size dude. So Alonzo is setting the path 
for his brother, who's, uh, I believe, leaving high school, going to college, or he has one more year of high school, and he's going to college. But he's a power forward, and he's, he's a thick kid. So whatever he does, and in a way, you kind of want to say, let Alonzo take one or two years to develop. So when his brother comes, just like Steph and his dad, you know, it, the expectations aren't that high because if Alonzo comes out and he's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, then when his brother comes, they're going to expect the same. Um, again, I have nothing negative to say about the guy as he went 2 for 15, but he, like his dad said, he was still shooting. There's no lack of confidence in him. Now, being a point guard, I would say distribute more. Now, if your teammates aren't making the shots and you're setting them up nicely, as some weren't, I can see him taking those 15 shots. But I don't think that's going to be asked of him throughout the year. I don't. I do see, you know, some teams putting their best players on him just to say, okay, well, let's see what you got, kid. I do see that. But one game, give him, I say give him five games. Five games in, in, in the summer league and then assess whether or not, you know, it was jitters, it was whatever it was that gave him that performance. And the reason why I say five is because by that time, he would have captured some semblance of leadership as a point guard in that system. He would have shown some things that he learned, not what he came in with. I mean, his dad said he hasn't played basketball in like four months. Okay. I mean, you didn't play basketball since March Madness. Got it. And you're a little rusty, and you didn't do that because you didn't want to, you know, damage yourself or take the risk of getting injured. Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have the work ethic to become better. Um, and I go to Fox. I don't know Fox's last uh, first name. I apologize about that. But I saw him uh, play for Sacramento. And the kid has handle. The kid plays well. But the kid is reckless. He's a very fragile player, meaning his body. He needs to hit the weights and eat. He needs to. And if he does that, he'll last a long time in the NBA. Allen Iverson was a very skinny guy, very... uh, a uh, small guy, but over the years, he bulked up because he couldn't keep going in there recklessly and, and giving up his body to do whatever. Couldn't do it over time before the trainers and everybody else said, look, you need to put on weight. I see that in Fox. I'm not saying Fox is as good as Allen Iverson. Not at all. But after looking at his performance, he had a pretty good performance for his first game. I want to see a five-game package on him as well before I make any decisions on whether or not they have the goods or not. You know, P.J. Carlissimo, former coach of of, uh, the Supersonics, former college coach at uh, St. John's, not St. John's, excuse me, 
I think it was St. Paul. He was in the Big East. I can't remember what school he was, uh, coach at. In Seton college. Hall. Seton Hall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he was asked the question. They compared Kevin Durant's first game, summer uh, game, to uh, Alonzo Ball's first summer game. And PJ said, very similar to what I said, but he said that Kevin was just pure and natural. You know, he came out and he was uh, solid all the way through. You got to give uh, Alonzo some time. Da 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 da. I think it's very unfair to compare Kevin Garnett. I mean, not Kevin Garnett. Uh, Kevin Durant to Alonzo Ball. Several reasons why. Kevin Durant is not a point guard. Kevin Durant is almost seven foot. Kevin Durant came out of college with a lot more skill set than Alonzo Ball. Ball's a distributor. He can score, but that's not his forte. His forte is to find the open man and create opportunities for them. That's what his job is. Jason Kidd didn't average like 30 points a game. Jason Kidd distributed the ball, and when he needed to take a shot, he took the shot. But over time, Jason Kidd became an excellent overall basketball player. And that's all I'm saying about all these people that's giving Alonzo Ball all this hate right now. It's one game in the summer league, and he's, he's a kid. He's coming along. Can't use that excuse for so long, but he's coming along. That's all I got on that. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the next subject. Um, pack. Now, boxing is your sport, you and Mike. Um, do, you, do you get a chance to uh, see the fight or the replays or or, uh, or highlights of the fight of Pac-Man uh, in Australia? No. 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 Okay. All right. D- didn't want to be so, bothered. Really? Didn't want to be bothered. I, I'm not a I, – I, I think Pac-Man is – I told you last week. I, I, and, and I highlighted on Sunday. You weren't – you didn't call in on Sunday, but um, I gave you some credit last week. That you said if it's a, if, if 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 a champion is a champion, and a guy that's an overwhelming odds-on um, underdog, that that uh, boxers should take him out as quickly as quickly as possible. Pacquiao didn't do that. He couldn't do that, and obviously he paid the price when it went the distance. So I think he's he's passe right now. I think he's. Um, the poison pill. I don't think anybody wants to do anything with him now because um, he lost to a guy that's supposed to be a, heavy, a, a supposedly heavy underdog to him. Um, well, the thing about it is the guy, I have no problem with the guy beating him if he beat him. But a unanimous decision, again, hey. you didn't see the fight, but it was not a unanimous decision. That's why the WBO is opening up an investigation 
on the scoring. Okay. okay. And they're not going to overturn the decision unless they find that there was a foul play in the scoring. But the fact that the organization decided, well, you know what? This was not a unanimous decision type fight. Uh, let's look into it. Let's find out why, how, whatever the case may be. Now, Pac should have taken him out. He should have. That's like Conor McGregor going there versus Floyd. And, you know, since Floyd is the pro boxer and Conor is not, Conor should be out of there soon. Since Manny Pacquiao is the legend, beast, the the guy looking to fight Floyd again, he should have took him out. And like I told you, Freddie Roach said during the week that Pac needed to take this guy out. He needed to win decisively because he wants to fight Floyd again. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you want to do that, you've got to be able to, you know, uh, uh, take the dude out. You got to. And it didn't happen. Um, a unanimous decision happened. Not happy about it. But, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, Pacquiao. I'm not a senator in the Philippines. You know, he's, he's got tons of money. The dollar is is like emperor over there, and he's made a lot of them. So do you think it's time for him to hang his gloves up and begin coaching, mentoring, or – well, I already know the answer because you already told me you're not interested in him. But or should he look for a rematch with this guy for his title and put him asleep? Well, they already had it in the contract that they uh, a rematch is possible. So um, I imagine he's going to get a rematch, and he probably will be beat him. That's how the, they, that usually goes. You know how that goes. So um, that's probably what's going to happen, a rematch, and, and this guy gets beat. Now, it's no guarantee, but um, now this guy, now Pacquiao definitely has to take him seriously because the fact is, he got beat by a unanimous decision in Australia, in in yeah. the in its Jeff Horn's home country. So, quite naturally, you don't think that this another fight is going to be in Australia. I imagine it's going to be somewhere, probably in the United States, or who God knows Vegas. where else. Could be in Vegas. Who knows? And then they go from there. And we got Jeff just jumped in on here, so I'm gonna bring Jeff in. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Hey, Jerry. I'm all right. Hey, Vic. Um, What's going on, You know, uh, I think it was last weekend uh, that I was telling Jerry, you know, I used to be a big boxing fan, and I uh, lost interest in that sport a long time ago. And I think the two main reasons were too many pay-per-view rip-offs, like lousy fights that, you know, might not even go around, and too many bad decisions. And, you know, I did see some of uh, the replay of the, uh, the Pacquiao-Horn fight. And uh, uh, it's, believe me, it's not the first bad decision I've seen. But almost all the time, 
a bad decision will go in favor of a champion, not the underdog. And I've seen fights where, uh, you know, it's in the challenger's home hometown or whatever, and he doesn't get the hometown decision because as bad as the refs are, that they get it right in those situations usually. So this is an abomination. And uh, Pacquiao needs to come, have at least one more fight, beat the living poop out of Horn, and then move on. You know, I mean, I'm su- you know, boxing is so crooked. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often to set up a rematch for big, big bucks. But uh, I- I'm glad that at least now, at least, I think maybe there's going to be a little more recourse when this sort of thing happens. You know, I mean, I don't know if they could ever overturn a decision, but these these horrible judges need to be called out, and they need to stop working in the sport. And, uh, you know, I've seen it too many times, and it, it makes you lose interest in the sport. Because, you know, in other sports, you get bad calls. Most of the time, it doesn't sour you on the sport. But when you invest, you know, let's say almost an hour watching a fight, and, it, and you're paying close attention, and it's pretty clear who won it, and you got three blind mice calling the fight, that's not right. It, 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 it's, just, it's just not right. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I really hope Pacquiao doesn't retire. And uh, you, you, know, you want to go back a few years, Vic, uh, uh, you were probably very young. Do you remember uh, when uh, Sugar Ray barely beat Marvin Hagler? Yes. That was a, I was a very pup, close yes. fight. But yeah. you know what? The rule was, because Sugar Ray was the golden man, uh, or the golden boy, or whatever, um, even if he didn't have a belt, it was like he had a belt. I mean, he was that popular. He always won a close decision. And all the terms of that fight, you know, the size of the ring, the size of the gloves, everything was in Leonard's favor. And mm-hmm. it was a close fight. Leonard did not go toe-to-toe with Marvin. And, you know, Marvin had just fought, you know, he fought too many years to, to become champ. And even when he became champ, he was never loved the way Leonard was. Uh, and, and then, you know, it, it was like that fight could have been a draw. And if, But, like, you know, Ray pulled one over on the judges even because he'd save his punches for the end of the round. You know? I yeah. mean, it was nuts. Try to, to win at the last second. Yeah. And, boom, he won the fight. And then... He didn't officially retire. I think he started making movies in Italy. But I, I just kept thinking, man, Mar- Marvin needs a rematch. He needs to get back in the ring so he's remembered as a great champion or not just another guy who lost to Sugar Ray. You know, mm-hmm. and unfo- unfortunately, I mean, you know, Hagler was older for a boxer at that point, but he, he still seemed, you know, uh, like he could still do it. But he, you know, I don't know when he finally announced the retirement, but he didn't fight after that. He really should have, you know, but, uh, you know, well, Marvin, that, but then, Marvin you know, Marvin. Go ahead, Jack. Nah, but you know, that, that's, you know, that, that's his decision, whatever, but it's unfortunate because, you know, Marvin Hagler was a great fighter. I mean, I, I didn't quite understand that at the time. There was times, I think like in the late seventies, guys didn't even want to fight him because a, he beat them. B, he'd beat their rear, like beat them up real bad, and they wouldn't even get a yeah. good payday out of it, you know. And yeah. uh, you know, but that's that's boxing history, and I guess that might have been the last golden age of boxing, you know, all those great fights in that era in the middleweight classes. 
Well, uh, you know, I, I think that you can compare that era, the late 70s, early 80s, and saw toward the mid-90s when boxing started to lose its luster with the fan. And I'll tell you, in my estimation, and we'll get off of this and go to uh, football in, in a second, but to me, when it became more about the science and a more intellectual uh, combat, combat sport, that to me, that's when it lost its luster. And I'll bring up Lennox Lewis. I'll bring up the Klitschko's. I'll bring up all these guys in the heavyweight division that, okay, you know, they didn't want to fight Tyson. You know, they didn't want to fight a brawler. They wanted to fight technically, which by all means do so. You're paid by the fight. You're paid as many times as you can fight and be a draw, not how much punishment you can take. But the fans, the fans of the sport, I mean, it's, it's, it's a gladiator sport. The fans want to see uh, fights. They want to be entertained. They don't want to see a guy uh, use the Philly shell for defense. They don't want to see a guy, you know, uh, you know, win by points. They want to see a slugfest. Vinny Pazienza. I was looking at the movie on the flight back over here. Uh, I forgot. It's like for the love of the sport or, or blood sport or something. Like, I can't remember the name of it. But uh, look it up. It's a movie that came out, I think, a year or so ago. Uh, pretty good movie about Vinny Pazienza's uh, fight career. And people loved him because he took a pounding and he gave a pounding. Now, I don't encourage anybody to do that if they're in boxing or if they're in MMA or whatever it is they're in. I don't encourage that. But I will tell you that it's better to have a little bit of that in your in your fight to keep the people interested and going or, you know, uh, Find a a, uh, a fighter that's interested in doing that, because if you don't, it, to me the the sport's going to go to the wayside because too many people are going to be like, well, um, there's no excitement in it. And it's a combat sport. Combat sports need to be exciting. I know a lot of folks don't like that; they want to see the technical aspect of it, which is great, just like in MMA. Every MMA fight does not need to be a brawl. But when you get a brawl, you are on the edge of your seat. When two guys or girls are just scrapping, and it's nothing anybody can do about it because they're just scrapping. And then, like, they take a round or two off and go back to scrapping. You get your money's worth. All right. That's enough of boxing and uh, NBA. I'm hoping to play a little Bulls on Parade as we get ready to talk about the AFC East. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my main man, JTATM Money, to hit my music. What music is that? What would you like? Bulls, man. Bulls. I just said Bulls. Bulls on parade. 
<sighs> Week two, guys. Audio engineers. <laughs> you hit it? There you go. Carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor, not niftiness. The water bug and whippet bats rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stack defenses in the pros. They must meld the butt of a billy goat with a sudden surge of a sprint. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. Demolition derby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I need some lemonade right now, so let me just get my glass, put a couple of ice cubes in it, slice a lemon, put it on the side, pour it in the cup, and drop the needle. An NFL team insider fields key fancy questions. Here we go. Buffalo Bills time. What is new head coach Sean McDermott and offensive coordinator Rick Dennison's philosophy on that side of the ball? I'm going to tell you right now. Shady's about to get used and abused. Now, before I even get into this, I'm going to ask Jerry. Jerry, you know what What's up? Uh, this offense, you know what this offensive coordinator wants to do. You know how Shady is. Is Shady back to being a top ten fantasy draft pick with this system and coach? Without a shadow of a doubt, best offensive player they have. They're going to use, I don't say use and abuse him, but they're going to use him in, in every phase of the game, obviously. Since he's been into the league, he's been able to run the ball effectively. Everybody knows that. And quite can actually be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and be a, 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 a triple threat. <clears throat> Running, pass, uh, catching out of the pass out of the backfield and being able to block for the quarterback when it's, um, when it's not his turn to catch the football. Shady, Shady is top ten, without a shadow of a doubt. All right. Let's see what this NFL insider had to say, according to uh, Athlon uh, magazine. Dennison, the defensive-minded McDermott's most important hire, is a West Coast disciple in the Mike Shanahan-Gary Kubiak mold. Play-action rollouts and zone-blocking-based run game are parts of Dennison's scheme that play to the strengths of quarterback Tyrod Taylor, running back LaShawn McCoy, and the team's athletic line, which thrived under Greg Roman's complex zone run packages. Is Shady McCoy the only running back worth any fantasy consideration? Will he see more work in 2017? Yes and yes. Mike Gillisey was an extremely productive backup who kept the offense humming and McCoy fresh, but he was lost to rival New England as a restricted free agent. McCoy, who turns 29, doesn't need to see those 315 carry seasons he had in his younger days with the Eagles. Last year, he had 234 carries, 16 per game, and 284 total touches, 19 per game, and responded with 1,623 total yards and 14 touchdowns. But unless a reliable backup steps up, McCoy will have to step it up a little bit more for... Yeah, a little bit more at least. Is there any reason to expect Sammy Watkins to stay healthy? And even if he does, can he be put up as a wide receiver number one 
and make those numbers. The Bills elected not to pick up his $13 million fifth-year option on the fourth overall pick in 2014 uh, draft, who has missed 11 games in his young career. That was a strong indication the team has concerns about Watkins' ability to recover fully from his second foot injury. If he's 100%, however, there's no question Watkins' elite status in 13 games in 2015. He grabbed 60 balls for 1,047 yards, 9 scores, and a 17.5 per catch average. Now, Sammy Watkins is one of these young cats that came out and said that his draft class, this is the year of his <laughs> draft class. So, I, that got a chuckle from Jeff. Interesting. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. What do you think? Well, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. man, but, that, man, they ought to urine test that guy or something because he is a fool. I mean, this guy, well, all he's good for is, is being injured. He has not distinguished himself as a player yet. Um, and, you know, if this was coming from, you know, Julio Jones, or the, uh, Julio Jones, I'm sorry, um, you know, <laughs> A.J. Green, even Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, you know, those guys could speak. Watkins, you know, has done very little in the pros. I mean, he, you know, it's not the way it works. If anybody should give money back, it's this guy. You know, but aren't Whoa. those usually the first guys to talk? And the the fact is, one of the reasons NBA players get paid more money is the ro- rosters are much smaller. It's very obvious. It's about an NBA roster is about a quarter the size of an NFL roster, and uh, also you know the uh, the starters play both ways, so you know they're going to get more, et cetera, et cetera as opposed to the NFL where you got half the game's offense and half the game is defense. But, you know, I don't know. This guy, Sammy Watkins, is seems kind of simple, you know. And, hey, if he doesn't like it, why doesn't he take up hoops? You know, I guess it's kind of late in your mid-20s. But, uh, you know, uh, but this guy's a clown. And, you know, nobody should put a microphone in his face. This guy's a clown. Wow. Jeff with the strong words, Jerry. Why don't you just name him Bozo? Because, um, you know. <laughs> what? Uh, um, yeah. It, he's he's inconsistent when he's when he's healthy. But he's always nicked up. He's he's very inconsistent. He's, uh, and I don't understand why, he, why he's talking like that. Obviously, Buffalo, who's had him all the whole time since he's been drafted, this is a prove me uh, uh, year. Most guys, a lot of guys, um, come out and ball out to get that next contract. Uh-huh. He's got to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to do it since he's been in this league. So the history that he's been sitting there with was for the last what four year, four years tells me yeah. that this year he's going to get nicked up again, and he's got a chronic foot problem, which is not good for a wide receiver. Well, and this is his fourth year. This is his fourth year. So, well, Like I said, he's got a chronic foot problem. It doesn't make a difference. He's got three years history. And every year he's, been, he's, he's had issues with, with his feet. And what makes this any different than the last three years? Now, it's a prove me year. He's got to stay healthy, like I, like I had said before. 
But history says that he will not. And I've never liked this guy. Not personally. I'm just talking about fantasy-wise or as a football player because he can't stay healthy and he's very inconsistent. And he's on a team that is a primarily running team. Yes, yes. That's what I'm about to get to. Because looking at last year's stats, Tyrod Taylor was the third leading rusher on the team. Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback. Um, Actually, he outrushed Mike Gillisey by three yards on, what is this, on six less attempts. Um, Charles Clay led the team with 57 receptions, followed by Robert Woods and then LaShawn McCoy and Marquise Goodson. Um, Here's the deal. We're not going to break down each player individually, things of that nature, but this team went out and decided they were going to draft defense. Well, they had a decent draft. They picked up the, in the first round out of LSU. They got Tredavious White, cornerback. Then they went and got Zay Jones out of East Carolina in the second round, which is interesting to me. I know he's 6'1", 197 pounds. So that's a, that's a, a nice-sized kid. But is that the harbinger of uh, – of what's to come for Sandy, you know, second round pick, high second round pick at that, and uh, Sammy's in a contract year. They've declined his fifth year option. I don't know, but the team's a different team. And looking at the schedule, they have the fifth, the fifth hardest schedule. Now remember, we went over. The AFC uh, um, uh, West, they have mm-hmm. the first through fourth toughest schedule. Buffalo has the fifth toughest schedule. And let me run it down real quick, and I want to get your, your guys' predictions. They start off with the Jets at Carolina, then Denver, at Atlanta, at Cincinnati. Week six, thank goodness for them, they get a bye week. Then they come back, and it's another murderer's row. Tampa Bay. Watch out for Tampa Bay, everybody. Watch out for Tampa Bay. Oakland at the Jets Thursday night. New Orleans at uh, the Chargers uh, at Kansas City. New England, Indianapolis, Miami, and finishing up at New England and at Miami. That's a, that's a pretty tough schedule if you ask me. Um, I can see him getting about – Five five wins or maybe, yeah. The the sirens are, are back in Jeff's area. Uh, that, that's my I'm theme music. About, I know. <laughs> you gotta run. You gotta go. You don't want the Pope to catch you. No, no. That's but, just a no, normal sound of my neighborhood. Unfortunately, uh, I'm okay though. Fortunately, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I hope so too. Yeah. But with that schedule, guys, with that schedule, what do you think, Jeff? And then Jerry. Ooh. Uh, you know, uh might be another tough year for uh for the Bills, you know. Um but at least they get to lump up twice on the Jets. I guess that's the good thing about their schedule. But uh you know, uh, Buffalo was seven and nine in uh twenty sixteen. They'll be they I think 
they would be lucky to be seven and nine again. But you know, you never know. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but like as Chris Berman always says, that's why they play the games. I'll tell you, I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's underrated as a quarterback. Um, you know, for some reason, the guy doesn't get the respect. Um, I like I like McCoy. Also, I think he's still got something left in the tank. Um, you know, with those two, if uh, you know somebody steps up at receiver, who knows? You know, maybe they could surprise a little. Okay. Jerry? Well, to start off, I think they uh, matched what the Jets did last year. I think uh, it's about 5-11, and 6-10, somewhere around there. Oh. Um, I don't think they're going to be um, – I mean, they, they have talent, but the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots have more talent, in my opinion. And I think they're 1-2 they're in the division. The Buffalo Bills are going to stay in third. And I think uh, they're going to be struggling to get to 500. Um, they have, like you said, the fifth worst schedule in the NFL. And the teams that you rattle off, most of those teams, they, uh, um, except for the division, I think they play on the road. So that's, that's not a good thing. Um, it, it, I've always said it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And mm-hmm. they played certain teams uh, – in, in the wrong part of the year, and, and in the wrong venue, and that makes a difference. So, yes, I think Tyrod Taylor, for whatever reason, is underrated, um, and um, given some weapons, which I think he's going to have, um, absent of Robert Wood, who left and went to uh, the Rams, um, and Sammy Sammy Watkins, who's been highly inconsistent. And and not just because he's been unhealthy, but consistent, inconsistent uh, when he's when he's playing. That uh, they're the wide receiver that may benefit from from the shortcomings of uh, Sammy Watkins. Then I'll go in next month when I do my uh, evaluations on the fantasy uh, football uh, positions. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'll tell you like this, gents. Um, I can see them at seven and five. I can see them at um, uh, not seven and five. Excuse me, seven and nine. I can see them at eight and eight. I see ten. Um, it's gonna be tough. Now, if the Jets figure out um, what they want to do. <coughs> At quarterback, good luck with that. They might, well, as I said, if they figure out what they want to do at quarterback, I, I think the Jets are going to be pretty uh, tough to beat. Um, I think they will be. I can't be, you know, 100% on that because I'm not a Jets fan. I don't live in the area. You guys do. Um, so I would say you guys have the. Uh, you know, the background on that. But here's what I will say. I will say, don't be surprised if Buffalo sneaks in the playoffs. (laughs) That's a bold statement, my friend. (laughs) It is. It is. 
That's why I said, oh, wow. Don't be surprised. I don't listen. Listen again. For me, it all depends on how their quarterback play goes. It all depends on that. If their quarterback play steps up and things get better, I'm not even sure if Matt Forte is returning or not. Did he, is he coming back or no? For the Jets, yes. Okay. I think, honestly, they let Decker go. Um, We're talking about the Bills. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about the wrong daggone team. Never mind. Hello. Never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking about – never oh, mind. Boy. Forgive me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. See, why are you oboing me? No, oh, boy, me. It's okay. I, I, had a, I had a mental fart, okay? I had a mental fart. A huge one. Let's get back. Smell the way from Kansas to here. You know what? I'm about to give you one, too. Hit my music. Time for a little Game of Thrones, that is. All right, so this team I'm about to talk about, this team I'm about to talk about, they are also, in my opinion, one quarterback away from making the playoffs and being serious contenders. And I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. So, do I have my Game of Thrones or do I just not have any music? Sounds like no music. Okay. Let's get to it anyway. The NFL team inside of Phil's key fantasy questions. Will Jay Adai get 260-plus carries again this season, or will another running back eat into this workload? He's going to get more than 260. Watch what I tell you. Adai should assume even more of a bell cow role. Adam Gates admits one of the mistakes he made in his first season as Miami's head coach was not um, – Whittling down his rotation earlier in the season. Ajay, uh, uh, though, had to earn Gaze's trust after a behind-the-scenes temper tantrum about not being named starter the opener at Seattle, which resulted in him being left at home. Ajay also could make a big sleeper impact as a receiver out of the backfield in 2017. When he isn't getting the ball, look for Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake to receive Ajay snaps. Kenny Stills or Devontae Parker? Which Miami wide receiver finishes with more fantasy points in 2017? In perfect world, the Dolphins, Parker would get the number. However, Gates went public this offseason in stating Parker must show more consistency in his, NFL, in his third NFL season. Reading between the lines, that means Parker also must learn to practice and play through nagging injuries. Stills should still be protective, yet remain Miami's third receiving option behind Jarvis Landry and Parker. Can Julius Thomas become a tight end number one once again? Thomas has the potential provided. Uh, he can shake the injuries that have prevented him for, from ever competing, excuse me, completing a six-game season, 16-game season during six years in the NFL. There was another reason Thomas failed to fulfill expectations the past two seasons in Jacksonville. The Jaguars failed to utilize him properly. From their days working together in Denver, Gates knows Thomas is best served in a pass-catching role with minimal blocking responsibility. Thomas flourished in red zone situations with the Broncos, catching 12 touchdown passes during both the 2013 and 14 seasons. Now, here's my thing. 
I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't. He showed flashes last year. But that was because they gave the ball to, uh, to Mr. Ja 260 times. If Mr. Gates uses a Jai, Julius Thomas, Landry, and the Miami Dolphins with that super crazy defense, which couldn't show itself because it was always on the field and tired because the offense couldn't do anything, well, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. They'll win the East. Miami will win the East if Ryan Tannehill can become productive. Now, the reason why I say I hate to say that is because I really would like to see the Jets do it, but uh, I think they have a worse QB problem than uh, Miami and the Texans. So, uh, there you have it. I think Miami is a better team in that entire conference. All around team. Jerry, your thoughts? My thoughts are, what are they growing in Kansas? Oh, my God. <laughs> <clears throat> that you think that the uh, – um, Miami Dolphins are going to going to contend. I shouldn't say contend. Win the East. Uh, I'd be extremely surprised. Uh, as much as uh, New England has um, improved itself. Now, Ryan Tannehill did say this is the best receiving core that he's ever had. Jarvis Landry, Julius Thomas, Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker, who's, who's, um, uh, who's improving. Uh, along with J.I. Jai in the backfield. That's a nice set of weapons for Ryan Tannehill, who to ha- take a, took a decent step in his, pro- in his progression as being a quarterback um, with Adam Gase. And uh, I think uh, with the way uh, Adam Gase has, has brought um, Ryan Tannehill up to this point uh, with the weapons that are available, and with that type of defense, I think they can match what they did um, last year, at least 10-6. and six. Maybe they can even step to 11-5. But yep. still yep. Being, being, being second banana to the New England Patriots, who have vastly improved their offense and got some decent pieces in their defense uh, in the offseason. And, and uh, uh, so... Is that going to make Miami that much closer? Possibly. Does that make Miami the, the division winners? I don't think so. I still think they play second fiddle to uh, New England. But the gap may be getting closer. Well, two things, and then I'll let Jeff talk. They have the sixth toughest, toughest schedule in the yep. NFL. And yep. that doesn't help them. That doesn't help them. That's why I'm saying – Adam Gase needs to give Ajay the ball 300 times this year, 300-plus times this year. And that, that doesn't include his catching out the backfield. I think he needs to be the LaDamian Tomlinson for this team, meaning LT ran the ball about 300 times a game, I mean a, a season, and caught maybe almost 50 passes in a season. That's what I think needs to happen with Miami 
to help Ryan Tannehill and for them to be, as you said, 11 and 5, 10 and 6. I think more so 11 and 5, but uh, 10 and 6 is very much a possibility. Uh, Jeff. You know, um, uh, I concur that Miami has a very good group of uh, uh, skilled uh, running backs, receivers, and uh, tight ends if Thomas could stay healthy. Um, the thing is with um, Tannehill is, uh, you know, I don't know how he looks uh, recovering from uh, season-ending injury. I mean, he'd been developing somewhat slowly, and uh, a couple of years ago he had the benefit of uh, a very favorable uh, uh, schedule, which allowed him to put up some pretty big numbers. But uh, he, he does remain a question mark, and, uh, you, you know, it's hard for me to, you know uh, – Predict them winning much more or much less than last year. Maybe, maybe they might slip a little bit. Who knows? All right. Well, let's let's go down the list just for fun because we already uh, figured out what we're gonna give them. But Tampa Bay, the Chargers, the Jets, New Orleans in London, Tennessee, Atlanta, the Jets, Baltimore Thursday night, Oakland, then Monday night with Carolina, and finally a bye. In week 11 uh, Then they have New England At New England I should say Denver Home for New England On Monday night At Buffalo At Kansas City And at Buffalo Out of those games The only two games Well One, two, three, four, five, six Out of those six games I see them going three and three They're going to Lose at New England Beat Denver Beat New England On Monday night uh, I think they might lose to Buffalo that game at Buffalo. Uh, I believe they're going to beat Kansas City on uh, Christmas Eve, and then they'll uh, beat Buffalo or lose to Buffalo. Whichever one I said, they'd be opposite. But I think going through anything in that, that bottom part. But the first part of their schedule is tough, but not as tough as I've seen so I think they have opportunity to do well. Um, minute and a half. And again, let's look at, oh, turn it to uh, 30 more minutes. How are you going to do that? How do you do that? Go to the go to the clock on the description and click on it and change it to one and a half hours. Go to the clock on the where? Go to the clock under the description of this of this episode. All right, let me go there. Episode. This description. No, no, no. It's. Hold on, I got it covered. I gotta cover. It. I'm gonna try to do something here. Hopefully, this doesn't mess up. But anyway, uh, this team has got a lot in store for you. Um, Miami Dolphins does. I don't think that you have to uh, work too hard or believe too much that this team is is uh, on the rise. 
you don't have to know. Uh, here we go. I got it, Jerry. Oh, it won't let me change. Yeah, because it won't it, let me it, change. It, it, it's it just, over. It just went over. It just yep. changed. It just changed. All right, well, we're in overtime. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's let's get on to the next team, uh, which happens to be Jets. The Jets. Yes, the Jets. It happens to be the Jets, and then we're going to finish out with the Patriots. So we're going to do this mm-hmm. kind of quickly. NFL team insider fields key fantasy questions. What kind of offense uh, should we expect to see from new uh, coordinator John Morton? Based on Morton's influences, mostly with Sean Payton and the Saints, expect him to run some versions of the West Coast offense. He will involve tight ends a lot more than Chan Gailey did in his two seasons as Jets coordinator. The position was not existent in the Jets passing game under Gailey. Excuse me, sorry. Now, Morton's approach obviously could be limited by the Jets' quarterback situation. How much does Matt Forte have left in the tank? Is he still the Jets' top running back, or is Bill Al Powell the one to target in fantasy? Now, I'm not even going to read that because it goes over the stats. But that's a good question, Jerry. Is it Forte or Powell that you should get in your draft? Well, since that's a fantasy question that um, – I'll be going into in the parts of August. Uh, we'll wait and see uh, on that. Um, both of them, I think, are going to be involved in the offense. To what extent? Uh, right now, I think that in the depth chart, they got Forte listed as the number one back, and, and Bilal Powell comes in to spell him and m- maybe do a change of pace. But... Uh, and, and Forte happens to be the older back. I think he, he's at 31 or 32 or going to be 32 this year. So it's yet to be seen um, who's going to be the lead back. And uh, like I said, uh, when I go through my um, analysis in fantasy, is when I'll put all that out there. Really, dude? Really. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to the draft picks, uh, Jeff. So they went uh, safety, safety with their first two picks, strong safety weeks uh, and free safety. They got Jamal Adams, who was regarded as probably the best safety in the draft um, or one of the best safeties in the draft. Marcus May, uh, whose dad played in, in the NFL for the Jets, I believe, or for the Giants. Um, uh, why Jim, well, he... Jamal Adams' father played for the Giants. Okay, thank you. I mean, maybe Mays did also. I didn't know about May, but uh, Jamal no, 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 Adams' no, no. Uh, father, George, played uh, running back for the Giants in the mid-'80s. He was a first-round draft pick out of Kentucky. Yep. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I, I was incorrect. That's what I was talking about. Um, and uh, they went wide receiver, wide receiver with picks three and four. Um, Darius Stewart, a 5'11 guy out of Alabama, and Chad Hansen, a 6'2 guy out of California. They also got Jordan Leggett, tight end out of Clemson. Um, so the Jets are trying to make moves. They're trying to build. Eric Decker is no longer there. They released him. Um, the defense, uh, I don't know. Your boy says he wants to play some more. So I'll leave this island, but nobody's willing to sign him. Um, where do you, now, they also have tied for eighth in strength of schedule. 
I'm going to go down this list. At Buffalo, at Oakland, Miami, Jacksonville, at Cleveland, New England, at Miami, Atlanta, Buffalo on Thursday night, at Tampa Bay, and again in week 11, they get a bye week. They finish out the season. Carolina, Kansas City, at Denver, at New Orleans, the Chargers, at New England. It's kind of tough the way they're going to finish the season. Very tough, actually. After the bye, they don't win a game. Ooh. I think they do. I think they do. I think they go 3-3 three and three after the bye, honestly. Honestly, I think they go 3-3. Three and three. But since you spoke up, Jerry, what's the record you give them? I think they – they've cleaned house, let me put it that way. They've gotten rid of a lot of um, contracts, got rid of uh, some good players that still could play. Um, and uh, unsettled in the quarterback position. Uh, my God. Wow. What do I give them? Um, they were 5-11 and 11 last year. A minus 34. Minus, oh, excuse me, minus 134. I think it's, it was one of the biggest margins of um, for and against, points for and against in the, in the, in the, in the uh, uh, it was third, fourth. Um, in the uh, NFL in points for, points and against. And they got rid of some very good wide receivers in Decker and um, uh, Brandon Marshall. And unsettled at quarterback. 5-11, and 11, that's, their, that's their ceiling. That's their ceiling, 5-11. and 11. I don't think they get past that. That's kind of harsh. I think it's going to go a little better. Well, I'll save my top right here from Jeff. Jeff, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, they could win less than four games. Um, what? I, 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 I'm not kidding. I mean, it, it, who knows? They could go 3-13. and 13. I don't think that's uh, cl- close to impossible. I mean, uh, their offensive line isn't that good. Um, their, their wide receivers, I guess the noon was okay. Angle's um, not there. Right, right, and uh, Brick's been gone a couple of years now. And then besides those two, that was that was it. They had for that line for a while. Um, I can't stand Christian Hackenberg. I mean, uh, McCown. I mean, he's he's a good NFL backup. And in if they start him, he can win a couple games. But I mean, I don't watch a ton of college, but I saw enough. I guess uh, you know on uh, ABC or whatever, they carry Penn State for the East Coast game. I also get the the Big Ten Network, and I can't stand Christian Hackenberg. Um, I mean, he had, I think, uh, what was it? I think it might have been his sophomore year in college. He looked pretty good, and then he stunk for the rest of his college career. And, and he's like uh, the next Rob Johnson. That's why they call him Christian Sackenberg oh, wow. because – he loves taking sacks. And to me, like a quarterback who takes a lot of sacks, that's a sack is almost as bad as an interception because uh, at least if you throw an interception, not that you like it, at least the wide receiver or whoever has a chance to catch it, you eat the ball on every other play. Nobody's got a chance to catch it, you know. And uh, 
it, it doesn't take a genius when you got 300-pound guys running at you. You know, get rid of the rock, okay? It's pretty simple. So, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Hackenberg, you know, I think this is his third year, and uh, he hasn't looked so hot the first couple years. And, uh, you know, at the OTAs, he was all over the place. You know, they said he was throwing balls to reporters, you know. Um, yeah. yeah the, the Jets keep trying and using pretty high picks, you know, second rounder for Hackenberg, uh, second rounder for Geno Smith. Um, they got the other guy, Bryce Petty, I think was a fourth rounder, but that guy's a real project. I mean, he never even took a snap from center in college. Sackenberg was supposed to be more NFL ready, but, uh, you know, it looks like just another wasted pick by the Jets. I'll be honest with you, and Jerry, I'm not digging on your team when I say this. I'm not. That's the quarterback the Texans need. That, that's hmm. the, the Hackenberg hmm. is the quarterback the Texans need. If they're going to uh, groom Deshaun Watson to take the, the reins in a couple years, Hackenberg is one he needs. Why? Because he already knows Bill O'Brien's system. He flourished in that system. He'll have a better offensive line in the pros, and that will be someone, even though this is his third year and he had some issues uh, throwing the ball, at least Bill O'Brien knows which passes are good for him and which ones aren't. Um, so even if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't make the team, watch what I tell you. He might get scooped up or have a tryout with the Texans. I'm just saying, familiarity breeds, uh, <laughs> or can, you know, I breeds think it's contempt. contempt or something like that. Breeds contempt. Yeah. Contempt. <laughs> yeah. Contempt. Yeah, contempt. Whatever. Contempt. Content. Whatever. Not content. Contempt. Well, I have contempt for you, but I still, excuse me, I still Thanks love you. Thanks a lot, man. All right. You know, th- Jeff, why do we have to stoop to that? Why? <laughs> can can why? we all just get along? <laughs> yeah. No, why, 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 why do we say now? I, I've been extremely courteous to, to you today. Extremely you courteous. And I, yeah. and I told I mean, you right from the beginning I, that this is what, I, what you're going to get to today. But you keep on trying to twist the knife that you put in my back when you just said that. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Because I, I want to push your buttons. You love pushing mine all the time. I want to push you, yours. You see, you see you, you, I'm not trying to push your button, but it seems like Today, you, are trying to, you are trying to get the worst out of me, trying to uh-huh. light that bulb, and once it comes on, you being <laughs> a, a, a fellow Taurus should know that once it comes on, it's hard to turn it off. Hey Jeff, that sounded like the uh, the Incredible Hulk theme, Mister. Uh, you don't want to make me angry. You won't like you, me when you, I'm angry. You, you should know. You, you, you should know, big man. You should know. Oh yeah, I know. Cause I'm you hot like fire burning in the yeah. flame. Okay. Anyway, let's go to the team yeah. checks. I mean, um, the the Patriots. Um, okay. By the way, I know you guys are gonna buy. Being Brady or or that Brady book that's coming out, I poo poo it. 
mm-hmm. especially if it's going to say, like, make America great again. As we know, mm-hmm. that's what he does. Um, but let's talk about the Patriots. Now, listen, the organization, they're brilliant. They are. Uh, from Belichick to on down to his staff, up to Robert Kraft, they're, they're excellent. Now, Charlie Weiss was on Fox Sports 1 um, on Undisputed talking about how um, when you're in those meetings with, with Belichick and you're a coach, you don't want to be wrong because he will out you and catch you on everything you're wrong about. And that's, that's an excellent coach. I'm not saying Belichick and the Patriots are a well-groomed and, and a very put-together team, but they have a history of lying, cheating, and, you know, getting away with it. So I, I just don't like that. I just don't like them. But, but personal feelings aside, I believe, and this is a big one, Jerry and Jeff, the end of the era begins this year. What do I mean by that? Brady should have retired after the Super Bowl. I am predicting, I am predicting that this will not be a stellar year for Tom Brady. Why? Madden cover jinx. He's got the greatest of all times theme on him this year. And anybody that graces Madden, last year, who was on Madden? His partner, Gronk. The curse is real. It might not manifest uh, yeah, manifest itself all the time in, in every way, but it's real. So, an NFL team insider feels key fantasy questions, according to Athlon Magazine. Should Rob Gronkowski still be considered the top fantasy tight end? As long as Tom, um, not Tom, Rob Gronkowski is on the field, and he's and Tom Brady's on the field. The answer should be yes. So the answer here is yes. Gronkowski should still be considered at the top of his position, but with caution. His injury history at this point is too obvious to ignore. That said, when he is on the field, he is the best at his position in the game and uh, racks up touchdowns at a consistent rate. He is still worth the gamble of a higher pick because the ceiling is so high and there aren't a high number of players at his caliber for that position. Brandon Cooks or Julian Edelman. Now, before I even read what it says, I made the mistake of making Julian Edelman uh, my number one receiver. Because I figured with Gronk being out, Brady and Garoppolo, it's going to throw to Edelman, and Edelman's going to get PPR numbers out the booty. I was wrong. I was wrong. So I don't care about Brandon Cooks or Julian Edelman unless they're going down the field. That's all I care about. Edelman's going to get you like six or seven touches and and some other stuff. But when you're doing fraction of points for those touches, it's not worth it because he's not getting many yards after the catch. But Edelman may seem like the safer option for now, 
uh, given the fact that he already has quarterback Tom Brady's trust, with, uh, which may be, above all else, the most important thing. Edelman flashed moments of uh, inconsistency at the start of last season, but a lot of that can be attributed to the merry-go-round at quarterback during Brady's uh, deflate gate suspension. Cooks brings an element of speed to the unit that allows for more explosive plays, and he proved in New Orleans is also effective getting into the end zone. At the end of the day, the guess here is that Edelman remains Brady's favorite target. However, Cooks could end up with the better numbers, and I will say he will because he'll have more touchdowns. I believe Cooks will have uh, anywhere between uh, 7 and 12 touchdowns this year. I really believe that. That's coupled with Gronk's touchdowns, okay? Um, but will either of the new running backs, Rex Burkhead or Mike Gillisey, emerge as reliable fantasy contributors this season? The running back rotation is up in the air, but if you had the prod uh, to project which back will likely be the most uh, effective in fantasy, Gillisey could be your guy. He should get a lot of goal line carries and is useful in the role. That said, with the Pats' arsenal at the position, be wary of drafting any back on the roster given the nature of how Bill Belichick can shuffle the deck at any moment. And the only short back you had over the past couple of years was LeGarrette Blunt. And I wanted to say this. I really, 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 really disliked what the Patriots did with LeGarrette Blunt. One, they didn't give him another contract. They slapped a... a I guess it was a rarely used designation on him that if he was not signed by a team by, I believe it was like May or June something, he could not sign with any other team but the Patriots, but the Patriots until week eight of the season. Luckily for him, Unfortunately for the NFC East, LeGarrette Blunt signed with Philly a week or so after that designation was put on him. This is what I mean by the Patriots are a very good organization, but I don't like them. And they, they're, they're very, very underhanded. You deprive a person the opportunity to make a living and sign with another team by putting that designation on them, saying they must be signed by a different team by this date, or I have up until the eighth week of the season to sign him to a contract. All the while, no one's paying him. <clears throat> That's the type of control that I don't like in sports. That's the type of control, even though it's illegal, the Patriots use on a player that provided so much for them. He didn't well, get many yards, but he got a lot of yeah, touchdowns. I'm, Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, you know what, though? The, I, I agree with you, but I don't point my finger at the Patriots. I point my finger at the Players Association. How would they allow that designation to even exist? Um, so, uh, you know, 
I, I, I don't think they pull that nonsense in baseball because in baseball, you know, the players get treated like royalty. You know, that players' association is very powerful, and unfortunately that's not the case in football. So, um, you know, hey, the Patriots are smart. I hate them out of respect. Very, very smart organization. That's a good way of putting it. I hate them out of respect. So when I re- refer to the Patriots, that's what I'm going to now call them. I hate them out of respect. That's what I'll do. Remind me of that, Jerry, because I like what Jeff just, just did. I hate them out of respect. Yeah, I just hate them. All right, uh, Jerry, what you got? I think the Patriots are extremely um, smart in 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 um, being able to work the system. Any any loophole or um, guffaw in the system, uh, a lot of teams, a lot of people outside the NFL think the Patriots cheat. They work the system. Every angle they can possibly work, whether it's on the field or off the, off the field, until they're checked, until that whatever is, is changed because of a, a, a loophole in the system, they'll take advantage of. Um, and it's well documented that they've taken advantage of quite a few things um, uh, on the field and off the field that were loopholes. And slowly but surely, uh, those loopholes that they're taking advantage of are getting close. So this is just another loophole that they decided to exercise it for the first time in God knows how long, if it ever had been exercised, and they decided mm-hmm. to take advantage of it. I imagine that um, come um, uh, uh, whenever, that loophole is going to be closed and, and possibly another one open up. Uh, they have some very smart personnel people that are able to find the loopholes and use it to their advantage. And just like Jess said, I hate them out of respect. I, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> is that from your Jets days, or is that just because of what they represent? Oh, just 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 because the the type of organization they are, and uh, um, you, you you gotta respect them. I mean, super smart coach, fortunate enough to get a quarterback that was able to fit the system that they wanted to to run in there, and. Um, They've had a lot of breaks, a lot of uncanny breaks that went their way, whether they caused those breaks to come or not. Um, they got five championship rings since Brady and Bel- Belichick have been there. So um, you got you got to give it to them, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. That is true. That is true. They have the 12th toughest schedule. So they're the Super Bowl champions, and they have the 12th toughest schedule. Not fair. Not fair at all. But with that being said, let's see how it shakes out. Open up the season Thursday night, September 7th, against Kansas City. Um, They go to New Orleans. Then they host Houston, Carolina. Uh, Then they go to Tampa Bay on a Thursday night. And after playing Carolina, ooh, Tampa's going to win that game. Yep. Then they go to the Jets. The rematch 
the rematch. Atlanta's going to blow that booty out. I'm just going to say it like that. Uh, then they play the Chargers. Then there's a bye week, week nine. Conveniently, very well-placed uh, bye week. They'll be beat up a little bit after playing some tough running teams and tough defensive teams. For the first part of their season, that's a good bye week. Week 10, they go to Denver. Then uh, we'll see how Mr. Kraft and his red and white hat travel to Mexico City and play the Raiders. Hopefully Tom Brady left his Make America Great hat at home that day. Um, Then they host Miami at Buffalo at Miami Monday night at Pittsburgh, host Buffalo, and host the Jets. That's a pretty tough schedule. Even though it's the fourth toughest, uh, it's not as tough as I've seen accordingly because it's the 12th toughest. But um, hmm, I can see them 11-5, 12-4. But I really see Miami winning this division somehow, some way. Might, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. i got to believe it's going to happen. All right, Jeff, what you got real quick? Yeah, I think uh, the Patriots probably 12-4, and four, maybe 11-5. and five. I mean, they they look very strong, and that's still a very good record. I, I just don't think they'll approach 14-2 and two again. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Gronk uh, coming off his third back surgery, I, I wouldn't want to roll the dice with him in a fantasy draft. And uh, I, I you, for years I've stayed away from the New England running backs and fantasy drafts. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to like Cooks, and uh, Edelman is still pretty good. And, uh, you know, they they know what they're doing. And, and most of they is Belichick. And, you know, surprisingly, Belichick, there was a, do you see that picture of him wearing all his rings? I mean, he's got more rings than J-Lo. And uh, <laughs> uh, he even wears – maybe it was just for effect. He even wears the – the ring you get for being runner-up in the Super Bowl. You know, you think he wouldn't, but, you know, surprisingly he does. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, I really say what you want, but, you know, he's a guy. He keeps winning. The game changes. He keeps winning. He stays hungry. He doesn't rest on his laurels. He keeps working hard. Uh, He wins different ways. Um, One of the all-time great coaches in all the professional sports. And probably one of the few in this day and age who could be a head coach and a GM. Two full-time jobs. Very hard to do. Okay. Patriots Yay. last year. Yeah, Patriots last year were eight and zero on the road. Five and one in the in the division. Eleven and one in the conference. They were the most. Uh, they had the most in the whole NFL point differential points for and points against, and it wasn't even close. Plus 191. And they improved their offense, and they improved their backside defense this year. Miami, the next closest contender, was minus 17 points for and against. And you say they're going to win a division? I don't think so. Um, Patriots win this division probably at uh, 12 and 4. 13 and 3 somewhere around there um and uh uh that's how i see it i mean 
with that with that type of defense, which was very underrated last year, but they had a very good uh, uh, scoring uh, score scoring defense. Meaning, um, teams even though they scored against them, they didn't score that much. And plus ninety one for and against. That's a huge margin. Best in the NFL. They're not going to regress that much, if they, if at all. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to regress a lot. I just think that they're going to hit a patch where they're not going to win the East, and the denigration of the team begins this year. Now, looking at who they have to play, that first part of the season, Kansas City, tough defense. New Orleans, eh, Houston. You know it. You said it. Well, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Kansas City's defense, New Orleans defense, mm-hmm. Houston, mm-hmm. Carolina, Tampa Bay, the Jets, even Atlanta's defense got after them a bit. Chargers and the Chargers defense. You're looking at the first eight games of some very good defenses. Very good. And the weakest of them, I think, is New Orleans, um, even though they're improving. But that's some tough defenses to face, very tough defenses to face. And I think they're going to beat up on them. I think it's going to take its, its toll on them. I really no do. Day, but go ahead. No days off. No days off. Oh, gosh. I don't need you to Unde- be understand, un- understand that. Now, if you're so confident that the Miami Dolphins – are going to beat the New England Patriots in this division, put your money where your mouth is. Or no, do you have the I, guts? Or do you I have don't. the guts? See, I figured. I, I figured you, I figured you want to you want to whip out. The, you, no, no, you're getting no. you, you're you getting you're, you're getting full of that estrogen because you've just been lazily hanging around, <laughs> and, and no, you listen. have and you have no kahunas there right now. But I understand that. <laughs> Listen, bro, I understand. Bro, that's I, fine. Listen, you can justify it all you want. At the top of at the top of this, I mm-hmm. said I'm not sure if Miami will do that because I'm not sure if Tannehill will get to that point. If Tannehill gets to that point, you I mean, believe they will win the, you, the well, East. But well, you, that's not that's not a definite. He hasn't proven it yet. Well, you you just but, made a bold statement that. Yeah, and Jeff was a witness that Miami would win the win the, win the division. You said the, this if, is the beginning of the demise if, of the New England yes. Patriots. That part, yes. The, the beginning of the end for New England. The beginning of the end for it. But that doesn't mean. Okay. Okay. That doesn't mean that, that I'm that, confident. That, yeah, Okay. I'm not if you if, if if you made the statement, you must be confident of it. Well, you know what, I if love you myself. Made the, if you made the statement, you must be confident of it. It's okay. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I know I got my my deal against your oh, Texans oh, already. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Since you have second thoughts when I put that challenge to you. I'm taking a couple steps back. Why you take? We've already agreed on our deal, and and it, it, the season had to, and and the season has not started, 
So I, I get a lot of what? leeway here. Ladies I get a lot of leeway here. I get a Jeff, lot of leeway here. Jeffrey. The season has no, 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 no. The, the season has not started. If the season has started, 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 then Jeff. I would have to hold, hold true to the uh, uh, agreement. But since the season has Jeff. not started, then I, I I I get some play no. here, and no, here no, comes. Just, and here comes Let's the ambulance to to rescue me. Jeff, what do you say on this matter? Um, you know, I'm I'm Switzerland, man. You know, can't can't we all just get along? You know, but I'm you, I, I'm not I'm not as high on the Dolphins as uh, as Vic is. Um, but you know, no, the no, thing no. is, you know. No, no, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, Jerry's trying to back out of our, back out of our bet that we made earlier in the month. The season, the season hasn't started, so so I, I got a lot of play here. We agree. The season hasn't started. And now, wait a minute, and now he wants to back out after agreeing to but, it live on air. And I'm leaving it up season, to you. But the season hasn't started. You, Jeff, if the season has started. It'd be a oh different story, goodness. but the season has—it's not even close. Even preseason is not even here, so I really get some play. Yeah. I really, and I'm, you know, I, re- yeah. I really don't. That's a unique situation. I mean, you know, you, you know what I say usually. You know, break a deal, spin the wheel, and that's from uh, <laughs> um, Mad Max uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Yep. You know, yep. but uh, yep. I, I, I wasn't privileged to all the details of any prior wager. You know. <laughs> My man, my man, that's my my fellow Jersey guy, staying with me, uh, stay with me, Jeff, stay with me, Jeff. Jeff, that's that's wrong, man. I made him an offer, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I see that, I see that, I see that. But just to let you know, Jeff, and refresh your memory, the deal was... That, what deal? Uh, I don't. There's that, no deal. That Jerry agreed. There's no deal. To bet no me a hundred dollars. There's no deal. Uh, that there is and, no deal for his part. For his part, that Houston no will make it to the AFC Championship. Does that oh, ring deal. a bell? Does that ring a bell? There's no oh, deal. Yeah. There's no okay. deal. Now he's saying he's backing out of it now, even though we've at, already at, agreed on this. At, we've after much. After much afterthought, um, and, and retrospect, and and and, and uh, deep and deep thinking, I um, come to the conclusion no, no. that that uh, um, and since Let, and since, and, and, since the, and since the season has not started, now it would be a different story if the season has started or the preseason, for that fact, has started, but. This is even before training camp. Even before training camp. So we don't got much I'm, time. We don't got much time. Keep, keep it to a minimum. I, I'm I'm um taking my ball, hitting the target, and oh, dropping yeah, that person into the water. Abdomen? Are you dropping that in your person, abdomen again? You're tucking your balls the, in your abdomen again. Hitting the, hitting the target and dropping that ball okay. into the water and bailing out. Jeffrey. I'm leaving it up to you. 
should he be allowed to do this? He can have the story. You know, it's a it's a it's a tough call. You know, and and I I vaguely remember it, but you know what? I think you need to go back to the audio tape because I don't remember the exact words. You know, but uh, you know, so I don't remember the what exactly was said. So that becomes Thanks, the exact words becomes important. I'll tell you though, I remember a bet. My dad burned my uncle on a bet because my dad bet my uncle a chunk of money that he knows the the score of the Super Bowl before it starts. And my uncle, you know, he, he wasn't thinking, he wasn't listening, and my dad won the bet because the score of the Super Bowl before zero, it starts zero. is nothing, nothing. Yep. <laughs> my uncle was pretty pissed off about that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wow, that's a good wow. one. You could maybe you could burn somebody like that. that you know, that's a re- that's a that's a real good one. Yeah, that's real good. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. But I'll tell you, you know, it, you know, uh, to to segue to something else. A couple of years ago, I got a buddy who likes to gamble, and he told me that Vegas was starting to take action on fantasy wagers. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it's grown a lot in popularity, but, you know, I mean, uh, bookmakers, you know, they, they're they going to go wherever the money's at, wherever the action is. And, and I thought that was very, very interesting. I haven't really wanted to try my hand at it, but but it's uh, it's very interesting. Well, I, well, I do know that I do know this, that uh, a lot of da- daily fantasy players um, pay attention what Vegas comes out with. To, to uh um play play daily fantasy. Yeah, that makes that, sense. Yeah. Yes. But you know, but that of that course that daily the daily leagues, you know, uh it came out that a lot of that stuff isn't on the level. And mm-hmm. me, I just never had a good feeling on that and I was right. Uh because it just was not regulated, et cetera, et cetera, and and then boom, you know, it, it, it comes out by the, all the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, were really getting conned with that. I'll tell you like this. Jeff, Jerry is a con man. He made an agreement. He's backing out of it. I'm not going to allow it. I have all the audio files. He is either going to be a man of his word or he's going to be a forgazy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like I said, the season had not started. If it had started, okay. it would have held true. But I, I have you a lot of... Le- even, a tra- 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 training camp hasn't even started. Tricks? Tricks? You're about to say tricks. You got a lot of no, tricks. No. <laughs> training camp hasn't even started. So um, I have a lot of, in my opinion, I have a lot of leeway here. That I could say, well, you know what? I don't think that's going to happen, um, and, and, and back away from that. Now, like you I said, it, it, I, if, 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 if I had said what I just said about backing away from this when the season started, or even when training camp started, then that's a different story. But this is in, in the early part of July, um, and like I said, after great thought. In retrospect, I don't think so. You are such a loser. I'm not going to let you do that, but that's okay. 
I, I see where this is going, ladies and gentlemen. We've gone way over because of Jerry's lies and deceit. But I want to tell you, thank you for listening to the show. Um, you never know. If you live on the East Coast, you might be hearing us live on the radio. You never know. We got things in the works. Big things are happening. But with people like Jerry backing out of deals or trying to back out of deals, I, I don't know. You know, he, he, he picks the wrong time to be a fagazi. You know, I, I don't know about I Jerry the, Taylor right I picked now. The, I, I picked the perfect I one. don't know about Jerry Taylor. Better now than, than late, later on when, it, when the, uh, um, uh, uh, September 8th, uh, I think it is, uh, comes, comes along. But September eighth comes along, seventh. which is the first game seventh. of the game of the season. Seventh, okay, whatever it is. I know seventh of September. So better better to do it well, then, now than then. It, it's not better to do it at all. Just keep it. I see how you are. I see how you are. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to thank you guys for listening to Fantasy Sports and Politics Saturday Edition. Um, next week we begin the NFC. We're going to start out in the wild, wild west, the wild, wild west, Seattle, San Fran, Arizona, and the Rams. I was going to say St. Louis, but I had to say L.A. Um, So the west is where everything supposedly is won. We'll see what happens, and we'll make sure to – have a little fun, okay? Next week, the Wild Wild West. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Jeff. Not so much Jerry, but thank you, Jerry. Uh, my Internet's up and working, so I should be on my microphone next week, rocking and rolling, striving and strolling, and uh, doing what I do because I do it you for you. You got your Internet working? Yeah, well, I just I just got it working while we were doing the show. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's because when you had an issue, and I was trying to tell you to change the uh, time, I had just finished the install. Oh, okay. Dude, we'll talk about that, but never get that AT&T bundle, y'all. Don't get it. <laughs> because they don't, give you, they don't give you the routers. They don't tell you they're not giving you the routers. They don't do anything. And I spend money out of my own pocket to use their service. Guess what? After my contract, I'm done. I'm done. I will go get something else. All right, I got to get out of here. So, uh, again, Jeff, thanks. Jerry, not so much, but thanks anyway. Get my music. What music does that be? You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy sports.